Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs>
guys broadcasting live to billions of people. Cameras on the streets tracking who we meet and call this liberty.
your family to survive it, your loved ones to survive it. We want you to be a leader in your community in order to to guide them through uh, any of these events. And in order to do that, you're going to have to know what you're doing to make sure that you are good to go. Water is one of the one of the the key tenets of survival. Without water, your your days of survival are extremely limited. Uh, normally, three days without water is enough to do in. Now, you may not be dead at the end of the three days. And, folks, there have been plenty of examples of folks going longer than three days. But normally, by the end of three days, <clears throat> without water, uh, you're going to be you're going to be pretty useless. You're not going to be thinking straight. You're not going to be able to uh, move around much. Uh, as your body depletes uh, its available water in, in, in your, the water that's in your body, it's going to start shutting down organs. You're going to start like turning off the lights to save the electricity. It's going to start shutting down organs. And <laughs> You can only afford to have just so many organs shut down before you will perish. So if you're going to survive uh, in any kind of a fashion, it's going to take water. Water is going to be one of your most immediate concerns. And and it can't just be any kind of liquid water. That's not going to work. Uh, in order for you to survive, it's going to have to be safe, clean drinking water. When I was a kid, you know, we I traveled all over the United States. I traveled all into the mountains and uh, all, the, all of the areas out west hiking uh, with my parents. And this is when I was six or seven, you know, back in the 60s. Uh, and I can't tell you how many hundreds of of rivers and streams and even lakes that I stopped at as a, as a child and I drank out of. I just put my face down in it and drank it. Uh, I had one of those little collapsible, aluminum collapsible cups. You know, it's about the size of like a skull can, uh, smaller than that. You pop the top off and gave it a little shake. And it would lock up all the pieces, and that's what I would uh, dip into the water and drink the water from, from the rivers and creeks, and and those days are over. I'm sad to say, I, my I can't I can't allow my children to experience that. Uh, the the EPA. Uh, in a written report several years ago, and this was several years ago already, uh, has determined that 90% of the world's water is contaminated in some form or fashion. Ninety percent of the water. <clears throat> when I was reading one of the, uh, I don't remember, it was EPA or uh, Fish and Game or Parks Department notices, like. They determined that there was no water in our 
really anywhere, uh, any wild water uh, in the uh, Americans' uh, parks and forests and stuff like that, and there was no water that was considered safe to drink. Now, that's not just because of uh, of 150 years of mining practices and stuff like that. There's also natural contamination, you know, that can uh, that can do you in. Uh, but that is their determination. There is no water that is safe to drink. I mean, going out. Uh, Going out now, I, I'll have to admit I, I have still done this before, but it was it, it has been during travels and uh, travels in an automobile, not at the end of the end of the world as we know it. And if something would have happened, I could have could have gotten to the passenger side and said, "Please drive me to the hospital. I'm sick." They could have prescribed some antibiotics and give me a shot. And after about 24, 36 hours of uh, of pain and sickness induced by stupidity, I'd get better. And uh, that would be the end of that. Maybe, maybe, depending on, on what the water source was. <clears throat> However, when we're talking about... Uh, Safe, clean drinking water in a, a grid-down situation, you cannot do this. You cannot take a chance on drinking water that is unsafe because who's going to take care of you? Certainly not an overburdened uh, hospital system if you have to be close enough to get to one. But what if you're not? Uh, or if you are uh, uh, on an extended camping trip or something like that, Or if you're on a show like uh, I saw a set of shows the other day called, uh, I can't remember what it was. Basically, it was like Butt Naked in the Wilderness. And uh, and they had these people who were naked for some reason, which I I still don't understand. I tried to determine what type of an event could shed your clothes off and leave you alive. I can imagine coming out of like an aircraft at and maybe 400 knots, that would rip your clothes off. But it would also it would also rip off your arms and legs too. Uh, so I don't know how you could find yourself naked in the wilderness. Uh, but but these folks, uh, that's what they did. They're naked in the wilderness. And you have the, the uh, and in each of these cases, there was a guy and a girl. I'm sure that's just to make sure that it, it didn't seem too gay or anything like that, like with two naked guys, uh, to add some uh, some drama. But in each of these in each of these episodes, it was horrible because the. The guys that they picked for these butt naked shows were such weasley little weenies, and they're big talkers and crybabies and and everything else. It was just disgusting. Uh, anybody watching the show would think that there there are no men left in America, no no men with any brains or courage or 
uh, or respect or anything else. Anyway, the guy is supposed to be out there doing his chores, and he decides since he's thirsty, he's going to take a drink of unfiltered water out of the stream. And he even says on the camera, "This is pretty dumb, but don't tell, don't tell the 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 girl that he's with. Don't tell the girl that I'm doing it." And he takes a drink, and guess what? He gets deathly ill. Now there's just two of them, and he's deathly ill. Now, in the case of a television show like this, they can call in and they can strap him to a uh, uh, an evac board and fly him out to wherever, and, you know, he can get better. That still leaves the girl alone. Now, say that they were both, uh, there was no way to get out, and he's definitely ill. Now, not only is he not able to contribute, not only has he chopped off 50% of the uh, of, of of the the group's ability, he's lessened it even more because now she would have to care for him. It, it's it is an absolute no no. Do not drink water that you haven't purified, that you haven't that you haven't done your absolute best to try and fix. Now you may be. There may be situations where you can, where you're you're limited in what you can do in order to make water safe. But whatever the case, you have to do a hundred and and fifty percent, two hundred percent, a thousand percent of whatever abilities you have has to be applied to the water in order to make it safe to drink. Because any time that you're part of a group, if you're alone, that's it, buddy. If you're alone and you get sick like that, you're already starting out with a water deficit. You introduce some type of uh, amoebic parasite or giardia or E. coli or something that affects you, uh, and the normal effect is going to give you uh, diarrhea, vomiting. Um, That's going to further dehydrate your body. You're not going to be able to keep water down, and your body is going to be dumping water as fast as it can. Now, anytime you have di- diarrhea, that's what's happening. Your 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 body is dumping water, and there's a good chance that you're going to die, that you can die from that. It will make you weak. You can't go and get more water. Uh, you're too sick to, to, to purify it. You end up drinking more unsafe water, and the cycle spins out of control. You get more dehydrated, your fever rises, you start burning up, and bang, everything shuts down. If you're by yourself, if you're part of a group, maybe they can help you. Maybe they can't. Maybe it'll have to run its course, and you just have to shoot the. You have to. It's going to be a. Uh, it's going to be a dice game on whether you make it or not. And you're degrading the abilities of the group to do their job to survive. It is completely irresponsible. All right. So now that I've, I've now that I've told you uh, how wrong it is to do it, how are you going to how are you going to do it? How are you going to make it right? Well, the first thing that I'll tell you to do is is be prepared uh, as much as possible with commercially available filters. 
Now let's talk about the 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 water itself, how it can be uh, unsafe for drinking, <clears throat> because the way that you the way that you're going to make it safe for drinking is going to depend a lot on on what is what are the possible contaminants are. And basically, water is contaminated uh, in two uh, major ways, and that it's it's either biologically contaminated or it's contaminated with toxins. Now, biologically contaminated water is water that contains stuff like that. It's microorganisms like uh, giardia, uh, uh, bacteria, uh, viruses, uh, things like E. coli and stuff like that. Uh, you know, living things and parasites, things that that are uh, biologically uh, uh, oriented. Uh, toxic water is water that has chemicals in it, and the chemical contamination can be from a, a variety of, of things. It could have uh, Pesticides in it, uh, you know, even in a lot of the, you know, in a lot of jungles and stuff like that, they are they still haven't learned from uh, 60 years ago, almost in Vietnam and stuff like that, and all the stuff that we've done over the last uh, 100 years. They're they're still using things like chemical defoliants and pesticides and stuff like that that they're spraying over ma over uh, major areas in a lot of jungle areas. And when you spray the contaminants like that, then you're spraying them because you want them to do a certain thing at a certain location. That doesn't mean it's going to stay there. You spray uh, the pesticides on a uh, on a 5,000-acre area, and you kill those pests in that area. That's, uh, that's fine if it were to stay there, but there's a good chance that it doesn't. If a rain comes, uh, the rain washes the pesticide down onto the ground. On the ground, they follow the flow of water uh, from wherever they are. They're going to follow the flow of water uh, until it gets to the ocean. That's what all water does. You know, it starts out uh, in one place, and then it follows uh, its path until it makes it to the ocean. Now, there's, uh, uh, it's going to... Uh, Turn into gas along the way, but but generally that's the path it takes from wherever it is to the ocean. And if you're drinking that water that has been run off from some type of uh, that has a chemical defoliant or a pesticide in it, then you're really putting yourself at risk. Some of the stuff doesn't work immediately, but <laughs> but you 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 don't want to be killed uh, in ten years any more than you want to be killed in 10 minutes or 10 days, right? Some of the stuff can affect you very rapidly. Uh, you can have things like heavy metals in the water from uh, from mine tailings. And this is, this is fairly common out in the West. We have uh, hundreds of years of, of very horrible mining practices, and much of the West has arsenic 
and mercury and lead and silver, uh, you name it, and it's and it's possibly in the water. So you're going to have to figure out uh, as best you can what the can- contaminant is, and it, and you're certainly not going to be able to tell by looking at the water. All right, because none of this are you going to be able to see unless you're. The only thing that you could probably see would be if it was a rock that you were going to choke to death on, all right? Uh, okay, now I just got a note that says that we're off. I'm off the air. Am I, can, can nobody hear me? If you can hear me, uh, put it into the chat. All right, so I'm not seeing anybody I'm not seeing anybody type anything in. So and it shows me that I'm on the air. The uh the switchboard shows that I'm on the air. And but nobody is answering in the chat. I'm gonna refresh the chat and take a look. If I don't see anything in there, I'm going to uh, hang up and try to call back in. All right. <clears throat> So bear with me for just a second so we can see so I can see what's going on here. All right. Okay, guys. Uh I'm back. Now, apparently, there must be something wrong with the chat, too, uh, because I refreshed it, but I never saw anybody say anything. The only thing I got was, uh, actually, uh, Ashley uh, uh, sent me a message on Facebook, and this is just just technological wonders. Uh, All right. So if you could, if you guys could hear me the whole time, then I'm not going to go back over anything I, I said. I'll just continue on. So we've got two kinds of contamination. We have uh, biological and toxin in the form of chemicals. Now, like I said, you're not going to know which is which. There's a, there's, there are times when you may have a better idea than the other, but the best thing to do is you're going to have to treat it for both. Now, let's talk about the ways that you can purify it. I began a few minutes ago by talking about uh, commercially available filters, and that's one, of the, that's one of the best ways to prepare for this because commercially available filters uh, are all dual purpose. Uh, okay, let me rephrase it. They're all dual purpose that say they're dual purpose. Because now they're making a lot of them now that are for office use and dorm use and stuff like that. These are the ones that take out, like, taste, like uh, uh, chlorine taste and uh, different tastes that are in the water. They filter out the taste, but they're not filtering out uh, bacteria or viruses, and some of them don't filter out uh, 
contaminants like uh, heavy metals and uh, other toxins. Make sure you're looking at the filter whenever you're purchasing it and you're reading what it filters out. You want it to be able to filter out the uh, toxics and the biologicals. And you can get these in a lot of different uh, a lot of different forms. I'm talking about the filters. Uh, and I would advise you to get several different kinds. Now, some of them are, are a bit on the pricey side, depending on what you get. You can you can go from a twenty dollar straw to a uh, a two or three thousand uh, dollar suitcase size UV pump. All right, whatever your budget allows, and then don't skimp. Don't skimp on the one thing that's going to keep you alive. Uh, you, you can go 30 days, 40 days without food. You're not going to go much over uh, three to seven days without water. It's just not going to happen. So make sure that uh, your water prep is one of the things you're considering first. And get, your, get some commercially available filters. Now we'll start off with a thing like I mentioned uh, a second ago. That's the straw. There's a... Uh, there are several available things now that uh, uh, what was the first one? The first one I think a long time ago that came, that came out was a uh, I can't really name it, but they're they're basically uh, uh, distributed under names like Life Straw, uh, Water Straw, Filter Straw, things like that. Life Straw is a pretty decent one. These are these are fairly small devices and they're not that expensive. You can run about 20 bucks or so a piece and they will filter out the biological and the toxins and because they're small and uh, and they don't take up a lot of space and stuff like that it's it's great to get these and to get to get several of these and place them strategically uh in your vehicle's glove box, in your bug out bags, in your uh, main go bags, uh, at uh, any of your uh, any of the sites that you like, if you have a camp house or something like that, to have a few there. Uh, this is good because you can carry it on you easily, and it can be the difference between life and death as far as taking that drink of unclean water or taking a drink of filtered water. So this is one of the things I would, I would really highly recommend is grabbing some of these uh, filtering straws. Now, because they're small and because they, their filters are small, they don't have the ability, ability to filter a whole lot of water. And, uh, and there's really no good way of running water through them in order to filter out, uh, to fill up things like canteens and stuff like that. These are made mainly for just putting your your mouth on one end, like a straw, sticking the other end into the water, and drinking the water that way. You know, they remember, I don't know, 25, 30 years ago when they first came out, they they were doing the demos by by drinking fish tank water and water out of the toilet and stuff like that, which I don't recommend, but... They, this is what they were doing to show the uh, the capabilities of the life straw. But it's going to be only small amounts and only what you're drinking. Now, you could hand it to the person next to you, and they can drink the water too. 
you're not going to be able to fill up containers or anything like that. Uh, in order to do that, you would need one of the one of the other filters. Now, before I talk about the larger ones, they also make things like, uh, uh, you know, the water bottles, the, the the water bottles that you put on your bikes and stuff like that. Those they're about the uh, like a pint size water bottles. They make those. Now, those you can pour water into the container, and then you pop the filter down into it, and then you drink through the uh, through the filter that is down in the water. Now, that will hold that pint of water that you put in there and let you take that with you. But once again, it doesn't have, there's no good way to to filter any more than that one pint. You know, if you have uh, like a one-gallon, uh, like a milk jug or a, or a Pepsi bottle, you know, a two-liter Pepsi bottle or something like that, if you have some of those, that's a great way to carry water with you. But how are you going to fill it up? How are you going to get purified water in there? We're going to talk about those two specific uh, examples in just a second. But how are you going to get enough water to take with you? And uh, all right, now, am I you saying that I'm gone again? Uh, all right, I'm about ready to explode. Guys, it's uh, Ed. Uh, I see you on there on the chat room. Ed, can you, if you hear me, can you please uh, uh, put a quick post up in there to say you can hear me? Or if anybody is listening uh, that's on the chat, if you can please uh, post in there that you can hear me. They'll know not to, uh, to unconnect again if I'm still on. <clears throat> All right, can anybody, if anybody listening, typing into the chat, if you are, please let me know. I'm refreshing the chat to see if, uh, uh, excuse me, see if, uh, if the folks listening that are on the chat, if they can hear, if you if you can uh, please post it. Otherwise, I'm going to disconnect and call back in again and see if that uh, if that will solve it. And now, the the chat is not wanting to load up. The chat is back. No audio from me. All right. I'm going to wait just another second before I disconnect. And then... is very, very irritating. Uh, I don't know why this happens, if it's because there are that there are so many users on uh, Blog Talk now, or if uh, I hate to think that it's being done purposely, uh, 
to to certain shows. It seems like it's having a hard time uh, logging in too. <clears throat> hey Sam, can you hear me? Sam. All right, I just called back in. Uh, Ashley, can you uh, can you run it through the Facebook and let me know if you're hearing me? Uh, it doesn't appear that uh, I'm getting the chat to load. Uh, and uh, I can't tell if I'm on, if I'm on the air or not. So can you... Uh, if you can hear me, ask if you'll run it through the Facebook. Let me know. All right, what about now, guys? It looks like uh, my screen just popped up, and it uh, looks like whatever was going on uh, just ended. Ashley, can you hear me now? Can anybody hear me now? <clears throat> I'm telling you, my head is going to explode. Okay, Ed, you're saying you can hear me now? All right. Okay, you can't hear online but on the phone. I don't know. All right, uh... Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do about this. I mean, uh, I don't know if it is, if it's going to, if it's going to, if it's recording and it's going into the archives. If it is, I've got no problem with continuing on with it and and having it in the archives. I, I, I don't mean that I'm not upset that, uh, that other folks can't hear online. I'm just saying that, uh, 
I'm just saying that that if it's going to be recorded, I'll just go ahead and record it. But I, I don't even know if that's going to be the case or not. Uh, it looks like uh, it looks like it is dumping Sam too. So I don't know if he uh, if he's having trouble getting back on. Uh, I'm typing it now. Can in the chat room to see if anyone else listening online can hear me. All right, guys, we're going to take a, I'm going to take a, I guess I'm going to take a, a break here. I don't see anybody else. Uh, nobody is responding. Okay, I'm online now. I got to tell you, I'm so freaking... I can't stand it. This is just absolutely unprofessional for a company that I'm paying money to to have these problems, uh, to have them constantly uh, have problems like this is ridiculous. Uh, I can see if it was a uh, uh, some kind of free hobby thing that somebody was doing. Not a commercial investment that uh, that I'm having to pay for. They're making me pay for, it, and they're making a lot of money off the advertising and everything else. <clears throat> All right, uh, I'm just going to go straight back to uh, my discussion, and uh, and I'm sure that a lot of people are going to turn this off before they get to whatever that that nasty road bump in there. But uh, for the folks that don't, uh, we're going to continue on <clears throat> the. Filtration devices that uh, I talked about, I don't know when I lost people, so I don't know what they heard. But let me go all the way back to just say real quick that uh, the best thing to do is to ensure that you have some commercial filtration devices and have those uh, squirreled away, all the way from these small ones, uh, things like the light straw. Uh, These are the devices that uh, are shaped kind of like a straw. They're about as uh, thick as your finger, usually about 8 to 10 inches, and they can filter water, uh, both biological and uh, toxic chemicals. They can filter those out, but they but they cannot filter a lot of water because all you're going to be doing is you're going to be drinking uh, uh, you're going to be drinking water by sucking it up with uh, like a straw. All right, so that's all. That's the way you're going to get it, and <clears throat> You're not going to be able to to use it to filter water to put in a container to take with you. <clears throat> However, like I said, the straws are small enough that you can have them in your in your glove boxes on all your vehicles. You can uh, stick it in your bug out bags and your carry on bag on the aircraft. Just about anywhere that uh, you could fit uh, like a ruler, then you're going to be able to fit one of these filtration systems. Light, uh, inexpensive, and uh, and a really great thing to have, especially for your personal use. 
Now, they make uh, other devices like the like the water bottles. They're about the size of the bottles that uh, that you see on the on the racing uh, bicycles and stuff like that. <clears throat> They've got the uh, filter that sticks down inside. Right? You can fill those up with about a pint of water and then use the filter that sticks down inside it to filter the water that's in the container, like I said, about a pint, and drink that safely. That also... You'll have to make sure that you check on the containers to make sure that you're filtering out both types. That's the biological and the toxic chemicals that have filtered out both types. But once again, you're limited uh, only to what you can carry in the bottle. You can't filter additional water and put it into other containers. Uh, the next type are the larger systems, things like the K-Dine, uh, uh pump filters. Now, these... These are really the things that you're going to need, to need if you're going to filter out uh, uh, any reasonable amount of water for a group to use. And these filters uh, are ceramic filters uh, with very, very tiny openings, so small that uh, that bacteria and viruses and everything else can't make it through them. And then you are forcing the water under pressure through these filters, and you can use these to pump water into containers. And what you do is you have like a, a hand pump that has a filter inside it. You have one hose that's going to go down into the water, and another hose that's going to lead from the output point on the pump, and that can be attached to the container of some sort. All right? And these are, these are great devices. Most of them have the ability to filter uh, several hundred gallons of water uh, and uh, the only thing that I would mention is that the uh, the filters can get clogged up so the very first thing that you do on any of your no matter how you're going to purify your water or what you're going to do the first thing you're going to start off with is a mechanical filter, a strainer, and uh, you can do that by straining it through a t-shirt or a handkerchief, uh, whatever you can do, and as much as you can do to filter out all of the the physical uh, particles, the physical contaminants that you can filter out. Uh, If you take your t-shirt and fold it uh, three or four or five times and run the water through that before you uh, uh, try to filter it, then that's going to be great. Uh, if you're going to have to use something like the hand pump thing, you're going to drop it in the water. Now, it comes with a uh, a sock that fits over the end that goes into the water to help uh, pre-filter it. But you can you can you can always add a little bit more to it. You can wrap your handkerchief around it. Whatever you whatever you can do to make sure that you're getting as many of the uh, as much of the particulate matter out of the water as possible before it gets into your filter, then the better off you're going to be, all right? Because a, a filter like the one that I'm talking about could filter two, three, four hundred gallons of of contaminated water as long as it wasn't, if it didn't have a heavy concentration of particulate matter in it. Uh, the more particulate, particulate matter in the water, the less water it's going to be able to filter because the pores in the filter are going to get clogged up faster, all right? Make sure that you're doing a a uh, a straining 
to reduce the amount of particulate matter in the water before you do anything else. All right? Now, the other thing about the, uh, the this particular filter, really any filter that you're using that, that works in this fashion, that is where one, one part of it goes into contaminated water and then the other part pumps out into a container, is, is once that that tubing, and it works by plastic tubing, you know, you'll have the tubing that goes to something that looks like an aquarium uh, air bubbler, and that goes down into the water. So that's part of your, your pre-filter. And pulls the water up into the container, and then it's forced from there out down another uh, set of plastic tubing that goes into your the container you're using to gather the filtered water. Now, <clears throat> I would make sure that I've done something to permanently mark the the plastic hose that is going into the contaminated water, all right? Because even if it's even if you you have that filter is uh, hasn't been used in weeks or days or months, and it's just been sitting cold up in your ruck, and it all looks all dry and everything else. There are still some contaminants that are in there that if you switch it to, and you use the the one you had been pumping from the contaminated water in order for it to pump the water into your container, there's a good chance that you could be pumping, that you could be contaminating the water you just filtered. So make sure that you know which one is which. Don't mix them up. Uh, These filters also have the ability, uh, on many of them, if they do get clogged up for you to reverse the pressure on it uh, in order to backflow to try and clean contaminants, physical particulates, out of the out of the filter if you can. All right. Okay. Now, if you don't have uh, if you don't have a commercially made filter, now what are you going to do? Well, there are several things you can do, and they're still all going to begin the same way, and that is with straining everything that you can out of the water first. Uh, there's plenty of times that the, the matter that's in the water is going to be uh, of such a fine size that you won't be able to get it to, through a conventional, any kind of straining material. You can strain it through your handkerchief and a T-shirt and everything else, and it still may be cloudy or brown or you know, or rust-colored or something like that. There may not be anything you can do about that. <clears throat> but get as much out of it as you can. Now, <clears throat> as I said before, the, there are the two types of contamination. There's biological and toxic chemicals. That means you're going to have, and without knowing for sure which one it is. And you're not going to know unless you have access to some type of laboratory. You're not going to know which one it is. You're going to have to treat for both as much as you can. You're going to strain the water and then uh, and then there are there are several methods of treating the water once you strain it. Now, first off, you can boil water. Boiling is very good for for killing a, a a pretty decent amount of the biological uh, contaminants. Uh, there's 
there's a possibility that you can that you may not get every one of them with boiling, but boiling is, is a pretty decent method of killing them. Uh, you can boil the water. Uh, some folks say you've got to boil it for five minutes. Some people say ten minutes. Other people have said that uh, you know once once you see the first bubbles in the water when it first starts boiling, that first bubbles, it's done. It's ready to go. Uh, I would boil it for uh, at least for a good uh, three to five minutes. Now, the thing about boiling the water, though, is while it's going to kill the biological contaminants, it's not going to remove the chemical contaminants. Uh, And unless you have some type of a of a filter, you're not going to be able to get those out. Uh, so you're going to be stuck with uh, with the possibility of drinking uh, some water that has some toxic chemicals in it. Now, normally, like I said, those the the, the toxins are not going to immediately kill you. Uh, you don't want to. You don't want them, but but it's not going to immediately kill you. Uh, it's going to be one of the best ways uh, if you don't have anything else to do this. Uh, But fire also uh, is a it's not an easy thing to do because you're going to have to have fire. It's going to take time to gather materials, build a fire. You're going to have to have something that you can boil the water in, some type of a uh, metal container. I know that uh, that back in the Boy Scouts, you know, we all had to do the uh, boiling the water in a uh, in some bark or in a leaf or something like that, you know, to to show that we could do that. But it's it's not going to be uh, practical uh, in most cases, but you're going to do the best that you can. Now, you can pre-filter the water that you're going to, uh, that you're going to boil. And like I said, using several methods is going to be your best bet no matter no matter what what you think the contaminant is using several methods to filter it is going to be your best bet now after you strain it through the cloth uh, you can make uh, a like a sedimentary filter fairly easy uh, you can take a uh, like a two liter uh, bottle a plastic bottle Cut the bottom off it so that uh, just the screw cap end is remaining. And what you'll do is you'll take uh, some type of a cloth and tie it over where the bottle cap would be. Then you would take uh, from your fire, from your from your campfire, whatever you made. Once the the uh, fire had cooled down and gone cold, you'll be left with coals. Uh, Take uh, take about uh, two cups of those coals, 
They crush them up uh, fairly fine and put them down first in the bottom. Once you have about, uh, I'd say, two to three inches uh, of charcoal down at the bottom and it's packed uh, nice and solid, you don't want big chunks. You want to get the charcoal fairly fine. Then you put in about uh, three to four inches of fine sand, as fine of a sand as you can. And then on the very top of that, you get a very fine gravel, all right? And you can pour the water through this in order to pre-filter it. Now, that, this will remove some of the uh, of the toxins. Now, you're probably not going to get all of them, but it's going to it'll go a long way toward removing uh, some of the toxins and some of the biological contaminants. Then you're going to boil it. Now, you can also use uh, chemicals like chlorine and uh, uh, iodine to treat the water. Uh, there, there's good and bad things about this too. But here's what here's what I would do. You can use uh, chlorine to treat the water. You need to to pre-filter it as much as you can, and then you're going to put in uh, uh, probably uh, five to ten drops per quart, depending on the uh, on the water's cloudiness, and, and let it set, uh, preferably for about an hour or so before you drink it. You can do the same thing with iodine uh, if you're using a 2% tincture iodine, you can add uh, about 5 drops per quart or 10 drops if it's if it's cloudy. Uh, iodine is a little bit more dangerous because it's uh, there are folks can have uh, reactions to iodine. You don't want women that are pregnant or, or I wouldn't I'd be real torn about giving it to kids too, but you certainly don't want them pregnant drinking this. Uh, and it's not going to kill uh, all of the uh, all of this stuff. It, it's been shown to be more effective than chlorine uh, as far as killing things like Giardia. But but if, if anybody has any thyroid problems uh, or lithium problems, uh, older folks or pregnant women that don't. Don't use this as uh, as any kind of a primary thing, and I certainly wouldn't use it. I wouldn't use it over and over. I'd try to use some other method if I could. Okay, but if you're going to to use overlapping methods, which, like I said, I suggest, I would filter the water through a cloth. I'd run it through the gravel treatment thing that I just talked about that you can make. You can make that easy. There's there are plastic bottles everywhere on the face of the earth now. There's uh, sand and gravel just about everywhere. You can make a fire to make your own charcoal. You can do that, run the water through there, and then put it into your pot, whatever you're going to use to to boil the water. Then add the chlorine. Add your chlorine to the water then. Let it sit for a while, then boil it. Because while you're boiling it, the chlorine is going to help kill the uh, bacteria. And then while you're boiling it, it's going to boil out the chlorine, 
all right? And then you'll have to let the water set until it cools. It's it's hot water, and uh, it's going to be a, a void of oxygen. You can sometimes put a little bit of oxygen back in by, like, pouring it uh, back and forth into two containers to try and aerate the water to some degree. But uh, if you're just talking about surviving, then you can just drink it to survive. Now, uh, there is... Uh, there is a method of uh, treating the water using UV light, and that is just sunlight. Now, what you can do uh, with this, and and you could use this, uh, you could actually set up a pretty good system of doing this by, uh, what you're going to do is you're going to take the plastic, plastic water bottles, whatever kind of plastic uh, one liter, two liter bottles that you have, you're going to strip off the outside wrappers because what you're going to do is you're going to use the, the ultraviolet light that is in sunlight to purify the water. So you want the water, to, you want the light to have as much access to the container as possible. So you're going to strip off the wrappers, you're going to put the water into the plastic bottles and you're going to lay it on its side. Now if you can lay it on something like it's fairly reflective, uh, I don't know, aluminum foil, uh, anything like that, a white, uh, where the ground is white, something that's going to reflect the water, the sunlight back into it, that's great. Uh, you can actually set up, uh, you know, set up like a table or a, uh, you know, an area where you're, where you collect water, uh, you know, a pretty decent amount of water, and you have uh, 15, 20, 40, 50 of these bottles all cooking at once. You're going to let them sit in the sunlight, and it needs to be about 24 hours of sunlight, not not just time, but sunlight. And uh, that will cook off the bacteria. <clears throat> and, uh, and this is a pretty good method. Now, you can also add uh, uh, the uh, chlorine to this if you want, or the iodine. Like I said, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't make adding the iodine a regular daily thing. Uh, if you have chlorine, then you can use that. Just having it in the bottle by itself is going to be a, a very effective way of killing it off. Or you can boil the water first and pour it into these containers, cap it off, and, uh, and then let them set in the sun. The the, the, whatever you can do uh, to uh, to overlap these these methods is going to be great. Whatever you can do to to add to the purification is going to be great. I know I've seen systems before where they have the like big uh, heavy plastic bags. They're clear bags that. Uh, that hang on the outside of people's huts in the sun, like in Africa and stuff like that, and uh, that's what they're using to drink because they're not—they're not getting chemical toxins where they where they're living, but they are getting plenty of biological toxins. So what they're doing is they're using the UV light to kill off uh, those toxins, and and it works. <clears throat> now you can make a filtration system with a couple of five-gallon buckets. 
I'm not going to to try and walk you through this because everybody that's listening to me has a computer, and you can hit Google just as easy as I can. So you can hit the uh, five-gallon bucket water filtration system, homemade five-gallon bucket water filtration system, <laughs> and uh, and that will take you straight to it. Basically, what you're going to do is you'll go to Lowe's, and you'll grab a couple of uh, the food-grade five-gallon buckets. Uh, then you'll dash over to something like, uh, I don't know if it was cheaper than Dirt or Sportsman's Guide, was the last place I saw it. And you can grab a, uh, a couple of the good uh, dual-purpose water filters. You put uh, the – you fix it so that the buckets are going – they're going to sit one on top of the other. The top bucket is going to have a hole drilled into the bottom of it, and it's going to have a hole drilled through the bottom of the bucket and through the bottom of the top of the one under it, and your your filter is going to screw into there. This that way that whenever you set the the one bucket on top of the other, you fill the top bucket and it's going to go through the filter and drain down into the bottom bucket, and that's where your filtered water will collect. Now you can also make these just like I mentioned earlier. You can make uh, and a, a fuel expedient one by using the gravel, sand, and charcoal method. You can do the same thing with that with different types using different types of earth or. Uh, diatomaceous earth or stuff like that. You can find this all in uh, when you Google homemade five-gallon bucket water filter systems. Take a look at that because that's going to be a great way to set something up. And of course, the buying just a couple of filters. You can buy the whole kit. I think at uh, Cheap and Dirt or Sportsman's Guide, one or the other. I can't remember now which one it was, but. Uh, you can buy the whole kit, which is the water filters, the socks that go over them for pre-filtering, and the spigot that goes on the bottom bucket. You can buy all of it for, uh, I believe, 20 bucks. We'll get you the whole set. And that will allow you to have to be filtering a pretty good amount of water. Uh, what I have done is bought uh, several of the sets and several of the five-gallon buckets, and I put them, I, I haven't put it together. I've pre-drilled everything and got it ready, but it's not assembled. It's just set up so that I can either give them to people that need it, or I can use it as barter goods, because that that $20 worth of material is going to be worth a couple of hundred or even a couple of thousand bucks to to someone who need to filter their water and they don't have any means to, especially after if, if somebody in their group has already gotten sick from it, then, you know, there's no price too high to pay to get clean water. So these are also good, uh, valuable for barter items. There is, uh, there are other more complicated ways to filter water. And there are other ways uh, that you can set up systems uh, and even larger scale systems to filter your water. But the main thing I wanted to tell you about tonight is that you cannot jack around with with putting this off or thinking that you're going to survive on rainwater or drinking out of creeks or anything like that because you'll, that will get you killed. It will get your
show. Uh, I can't stress enough how important your water preps are. And uh, no matter how much stored water you have, you're going to eventually drink it all. So you need to know, you need to, to learn how to ensure that you can make water safe for drinking. And then you need to make sure that you've gone about uh, purchasing or assembling the gear to do it. And, and that's probably about all we'll cover right now on it. We'll come back. We'll circle back again and hit this again because it is important. Like I said, you can you can get along for hell. I think uh, I don't remember what the record is: fifty days, sixty days without food, maybe longer. But you're not going to make it long without water, not long at all. And and you're going to put yourself and everybody else at risk by drinking water that is unsafe. And in a situation where the grid is down, that is any water that you have not personally filtered or that you didn't crack the seal on a factory-filled water bottle, all the rest of the water is going to be suspect. You're going to have to make sure that you treat all water as suspect. Now, even rainwater, because how are you going to get the, the rainwater? It comes off the roof and uh, and goes into a collection uh, device, but it had to come off the roof. And on that roof could be uh, bird feces. Uh, it could be uh, bird vomit, any kind of uh, insect uh, uh, parasites, anything that could be on top of the roof that could get washed into your containment facility. Normally, it's not. Uh, especially after you've had, uh, you know, quite a few good rains and it's washed everything clean. But it could be. So so all your water has to be, it has to be suspect and you have to treat it that way. You need to, to make sure that your water is safe. They're in a grid-down situation. You're not going to be able to dash off to the hospital. You can't afford to get... Uh, to get sick by doing something dumb like drinking unsafe water and put yourself and the rest of your team at risk. All right. Uh, I'm going to to try and have everything that I've talked about tonight, the notes on it and stuff, over on the blog. Now, uh, yeah, is there a bird poopy in my Kool-Aid? You bet there is, uh, Stacey. Uh, <clears throat> I could use some help. If anybody is out there that would like to volunteer to to help me with, uh, with like the uh, radio show blog, I, I would be more than willing to to take on an assistant there because I've got uh, I think I've got four, uh, five blogs. I got five blogs. I got about six. Uh, Facebook pages I have to take care of, uh, Twitter accounts, and uh, uh, I just got signed on as a uh, the uh, writing a weekly article for a magazine, and 
and it's just it's killing me. So if anybody uh, anybody would like to help, I could sure use uh, somebody to help with posting show notes and photographs, information, stuff like that, keeping the the, the radio blog updated. Uh, if you'd like to do something like that, just uh, shoot me a message and uh, and we'll try and get that uh, try and get you uh, worked out on that. All right. Uh, the next thing we want to talk about tonight is uh, the Liberty Seeds and the new program of Appleseed Neighborhood. Now, Liberty Seeds we've been running for a while, and these are great. the The recent craziness with the ammunition and the uh, folks' inability to find ammunition or find ammunition that they can afford has been pretty rough on the program. Uh, and even now, the that ammunition is still showing back up. There's still the perception that it's not available. And, of course, perception is reality until the person is standing there in Academy or Cabela's or Gandamount, wherever it is, and they're looking at the ammunition on the shelf, and it's affordable. So it's still, whether the ammunition is back or not, people still think it's not available. That means they're still, they're not going to be, showing up because they're saying we can't get any ammunition, all right? Uh, you can do your best to let folks know, posting it in places that uh, that folks might uh, might read to let them know the ammunition is available. Uh, we should probably put it out on the, uh, the Appleseed information flyers, you know, for each of the events. If, uh, if we're running an event here in Davila, I, I can go in there and tweak the page to say, uh, get your get your 22 long rifle at uh, at academy or whatever wherever there wherever it is, so that people know they can go somewhere and actually get the the ammunition. Uh, okay, and then the Appleseed neighborhood. Now this is a brand new concept, and uh, I'm gonna. I'm going to go straight to the GWA 800 pretty quick there, Stacey, so just hang on a minute. Uh, Appleseed Neighborhood is kind of the same thing. You're going to be getting groups together in your in your immediate neighborhood and getting them signed up on, on the Appleseed bandwagon. Uh, I believe that uh, Fred's idea talks about uh, having like a, like a party, like a block party or something. And using that as a forum to talk about Appleseed, talk about the, the history of Appleseed, the history of of the American Revolutionary War, uh, who was there, what they did, why they did it, what the founders' vision for the nation was, if we're staying true to that, and if not, what we can do to get ourselves back on track. <clears throat> Many years ago, I, I brought this up uh, back on the old forum uh, I pitched this idea as, I believe I call it the Appleseed Neighborhood Watch. But, uh, of course, at the time, I think some of the rest of the folks in the steering committee were freaking out because they thought I was saying that I was pitching an idea like the Guardian Angels. You know, we had uh, guys uh, in Appleseed berets riding on the subways, you know, with baseball bats or something. Uh, That's not it. You know what I was talking about was was basically the idea that we have now, and that is is getting your folks involved in in 
like an Appleseed Club and and using that in your neighborhood to try and get the whole neighborhood involved. That's the that's the the Appleseed Neighborhood program that we're spinning up now. You'll hear more about it in the in the coming weeks. Uh, all right. The last thing I want to talk about tonight for the last uh, last part of the show uh, is going to be there is a recent uh, documentary that was put out, and uh, this is the documentary is called TWA Flight 800. Now, if you remember, about 15 years ago, there was a uh, there was a TWA aircraft, uh, I believe, right off the coast of uh, New Jersey, uh, that exploded in air and then crashed into the sea. Now, even though the first reports from everybody that was reporting it said they saw what they believed was a missile, uh, it ended up being a a huge whitewash, and the the final reports of the uh, of the event was that it was an explosion of uh, undetermined causes. They believed that it was a fuel tank explosion. They're still not sure why. Uh, And that that caused it to explode in midair, caused the front of the aircraft to explode and break off, and then left the the remaining part of the aircraft like a headless zombie, and that without the weight, that aircraft just shot up into the sky like a rocket. And that's what people saw. <clears throat> if you watch the documentary, uh, it's going to it's going to make you ask a lot of questions. And the only reason I'm talking about this tonight is not because uh, I'm a conspiracy theorist. Or, uh, or I want to bring up, uh, I want to bring up uh, icebergs, as we call it in Appleseed, uh, and debate about them. The reason I'm bringing it up is because when you watch the documentary, they're going to they're going to show you evidence, factual evidence of the government and government agencies lying and and falsifying documents, destroying ev- evidence, and on and on. This is, this is all factual stuff. This isn't some of these uh, theories that it might have had. It's all, this is all facts. And, and the contempt with which our government wow, with which our government uh, those dogs were mobbing me the contempt with which our government holds us and 
We see this now every day. Every day we see something new. And and even myself, I, I, I get so sick of it because I'm, uh, it makes me upset because I'm uh, because you hear this stuff and there's so much of it and you start thinking uh, this has got to be it's got to be wrong it's got to be uh, I'm starting to eat my, my, I'm starting to wear a tinfoil hat and uh, there, there's just there are too many things that are going on for this to be real it's because there are so many things it has to be it has to be fake because you don't want to get caught up in the conspiracy. Uh, theory thing, and you don't want to be caught wearing your own tinfoil hat. I think what's happened, and I believe that uh, the TWA Flight 800, I believe that 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 was actually a watershed moment for for our government. Certainly, they've been pulling the wool over our eyes for years since since the beginning of government. They always have. But I think with TWA Flight 800, I think they actually saw how much they could do and get away with it, and they've been doing it more and more ever since. And because of all the different things that you hear now, you know, you hear of uh, President Obama's Kenyan birth certificate, and the people, uh, and these are folks uh, that are that are that are making these reports and 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 giving their own testimonies of uh, of the things that they know and they saw about the president, on and on. And there's so many of them that you think it has to be, it, it all has to be rubbish. But I think that the government has just stumbled on to the perfect, uh, the perfect con, and that is they hit us with so many of these things that uh, – there's no way to keep your attention focused on any one. And and when you do, it starts making you sound crazy. <clears throat> there are so many scandals now, and one of the things that I also hate about it is that the complete contempt that the government and the agencies have for for their citizens, because most of the time, their cover stories and their their answers to uh, to questions on these things are so ridiculous. You can tell that they really don't care. They don't care that they're not doing a good job of lying, because they don't really care. They're going to they're going to just put out some story, swamp gas, uh, whatever. And then just say yes to hell with it. Uh, I don't really care because we're the government. And there's nothing you can do about it. <clears throat> I don't know what the answer is. We've got we've got to be. Uh, did you guys lose me again? Am I am I on the air? Did you guys lose me? Can anybody hear me? If anybody can hear me, type it into the chat. Hello? 
Okay, I called back in. Does that make any, uh, that uh, do anything? Can you guys hear me now? Anybody, anybody hear anything right now? Scout, I've got you on the phone, but uh, I'm not online. Know if they're getting you on the, on the air. Yeah, I don't see I I don't see anybody saying they can hear me. I mean, I hung up and called back in, but I don't see anybody. It, it completely you, dropped you last time. Okay. Well, I'm sure it must be doing it again. Uh, and I'm trying to load the the chat back up. I don't know if it's going to load. I mean, yeah, here it goes. Oh, can anybody hear me? Anybody? Uh, anybody hear anything now? Well, we're not getting any response on the board. Ed Heller says not online. Right. Okay, I'm going to try refreshing the switchboard here. So we might both get popped off. All right, I'm going to keep talking, and uh, and if you guys can hear... Uh, uh, as, soon as, as soon as anybody hears anything, uh, time it back in. If you can hear anything, type it back in. Uh, as soon as anybody can hear anything, if you'll type it back in so that uh, so that we'll know we can hear that you can hear us. Uh, okay, Ed Heller says he can hear us. All right, guys. Uh, I apologize. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what I can do about it other than complain again. Uh, imagine, uh, imagine I'm going to come to the end of the, the five-year roll with Blog Talk and uh, and grab somebody else. Uh, thanks, Ashley. I appreciate that. Grab somebody else uh, and try and run run with it. <clears throat> okay. The uh, uh, what I was talking about was the contempt that the government has for citizens uh, by, about them about them not caring that they that that they're doing a, even a sloppy job of lying. Because what is anybody going to do? The New York Times uh, reviewed the the movie TWA Flight 800, and the, even the New York Times was pretty uh, was pretty sad uh, about the fact that that they they knew something was wrong. They know something is wrong. They know that there's a cover up, but the 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 New York Times stated, uh, "Who are they going to get to?" To investigate it, who who would we possibly get to investigate these? Who would we who would we get to investigate this? They don't they don't trust any of the government uh, organizations. 
to investigate themselves. And who would we get? But something has to be done. Uh, I'm going to give you just a, a real quick uh, rundown of flight eight, uh, the TWA Flight 100 800 documentary because I want you, I want you to go and look at this. Uh, the there were many witnesses, many hundreds uh, altogether. I think about eight or nine hundred witnesses. And the majority of them, over 200 of them, said they saw a missile. They saw what appeared to, appeared to be a missile. And a good number of them saw not just one, they ended up uh, reporting three. Three missiles which left from the, uh, the surface of the Earth Travel up to where the aircraft was and explode. <clears throat> the uh, the plane broke apart and crashed into the sea. Now there were three main uh, main main areas where debris was dropped due to the different things that occurred. So there are three main debris fields uh, in the ocean. They picked up all the, de the, the debris. They took, picked up all the, the aircraft parts, the bodies, and everything else. And, uh, and that's where the, the cover-up began. Uh, the main folks involved in this were the FBI. And the FBI... Uh, I'm telling you, it was as blatant as it could be uh, for their cover-up. This is all documented too. This isn't. This aren't. These aren't the folks that are testifying about this. These aren't hillbillies that are talking about how they think they saw Bigfoot uh, on, over the weekend while they were drinking. These are our government uh, National Transportation Safety Board investigators who've been investigating. Uh, accidents for 40 years. These are military officers. These are uh, these are some FBI agents. These are all folks now that after 15 years they're finally they're finally breaking the silence on this. <clears throat> and some of the stuff that they are reporting is absolutely unbelievable. <clears throat> now the FBI uh, confiscated the pieces of the aircraft that uh, that were positive for explosives residue. I'm not talking about explosives like a, a gas was ignited and exploded. I'm talking about commercial about uh, military grade explosives. Uh they confiscated it. Uh they said that the machines which were detecting it were unreliable and not working. Uh the pieces of aircraft that the investigators we're looking at that had uh, explosive holes in them uh, that looked like holes that you'd get from being shot with something uh, were rounded up and they disappeared. Once they were given to the FBI, they disappeared. Uh, and it went all the way to the investigators noticed that somebody was coming in in the middle of the night and switching the tags and taking evidence 
and they reported it to the FBI, and the FBI went in and they put up they put up a surveillance camera, and guess who they caught breaking in in the middle of the night and doing it? It was other FBI agents, even to the point of where they caught one of the FBI agents uh, in a closet with a section of the aircraft and a hammer beating on the piece of metal and flattening it out. Can can anyone think of any logical reason that they would be doing this? Uh, and the answer is there's not. It is it's a cover-up. Uh, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Did... Uh, Guys in the chat, did we, you know, did did you guys lose me again? <clears throat> Can any of you guys uh, in the chat hear me? Uh, I see a question mark. They must be, uh, I must have been lost. Oh, okay, okay, you guys can hear me? Okay, great. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, they have the FBI guys uh, actually destroy evidence themselves. Now, there can be, I can, I can think of no reason, no reason whatsoever that evidence would be destroyed in an investigation. Uh, even that, even after the investigation was over, much less during the investigation. But that's not all. Uh, the FBI had to take reports from people, people calling up the FBI and everybody else wanting to make reports on what they saw. Uh, the FBI flat out told dozens of folks that you didn't see that. You didn't. You don't know what you saw. You didn't see that. Shut up. Uh, other folks, they uh, went as far as to threaten them. Uh, in some cases, physically, and in some cases, uh, one woman. Uh, these, now you got to remember, there's a lot of folks. Uh, a lot of folks don't want to still talk about this because they still fear our government. Yet, uh, Ed just said, "Don't put flight." Uh, Flight 800 in the title if if we want to stay on the air. And i got to tell you, I, I, I really feel like that, that might be the case. There have been four other episodes uh, where we had a horrible trouble like this. Each one uh, had similar, uh, similar titles. Uh, the uh, there was one woman that uh, gave her testimony that uh, that she saw a missile. The FBI told her she didn't know what she was saying. Then, uh, at the end of the interview, one of the agents said, um, "Miss So and So, I see here that you are applying for citizenship in the United States." And she said, "Yes, I am." They said, well, if you want your citizenship to go through, then I would suggest that you keep your mouth shut. So she did. She said, I wanted to become a citizen, and they told me I didn't know what I was saying and that uh, threatened her with 
the loss of her possible citizenship, so she shut her mouth. Uh, there were other folks that were told it would be the end of their careers, that it would be spread through the uh, commercial industry. It would be the end of their careers if they didn't shut up. <clears throat> this went on and on and on. And uh, it finally ended up at the end. There's a couple other things I'll tell you about, too, real quick. But at the end, it, it ended up with the the lead agent, agent testifying before Congress that not a single person saw a missile. Not a single person. There were over 200 documented reports that said, and he shows them one after the other, I saw a missile. I saw what appeared to be a missile. I saw several things that looked like cheap fireworks or like a missile. I saw several missiles, on and on. And he testified to Congress that no one saw a missile. I don't know how you, I don't know how you get away with this, but they did. Uh, another even more bizarre part to this was uh, the the Central Intelligence Agency, which had absolutely nothing to do with uh, with uh, air safety, uh, anything like that. The Central Intelligence Agency went so far as to uh, construct a uh, like a uh, a long animated PowerPoint to show uh, that showed that there was no way it could be a missile and on and on. Which I just thought was bizarre. The CIA has nothing; they have no connection to this. It would be no different than saying that uh, uh, the Agricultural Commissioner developed a an animated version to show to show that it couldn't be a missile. I mean, it, it, it was bizarre. <clears throat> Not only that, but all of the the airline folks, all of the pilots, all of the air traffic folks, all of the the investigators, everyone who saw it just looked at it and shook their heads at how at how wrong it was. And uh, the this continued on and on. Part of their part of their theory was that since there were no uh, large through and through holes in the aircraft, that there was no way it could be a missile. If it was a missile, you would see where it it, it hit the aircraft and went through it and came out the other side. Well, guys, it's been a long time since we've ever since we've been we used missiles, which are which have to hit the aircraft in order to bring it down. Almost all uh, surface-to-air air missiles now have proximity fuses. That means they get close to the aircraft and then explode. Uh, evidence from this also uh, that the other investigators saw showed punctures into the aircraft that were, that were of a generalized, they were not a localized uh, pattern. That means they couldn't trace the something coming from the center tank going out. Everything seemed to be coming in. Not only that, 
but the people inside the aircraft had high-speed fragments in their bodies. Now, that was another thing. The, all of the high-speed fragments were carefully uh, collected by the, the medical, by the coroners, and uh, uh, labeled the, all of the fragments, where they came from, what parts of the body they were in, who they were in, et cetera, et cetera. And the collected evidence was given to the FBI, and the next time it showed up, it was all mixed together in one container, all unlabeled, with a good portion of it missing. Uh, it, it, it was just unbelievable, actually unbelievable, because even if you tried to say that, uh, well, it was just, you know, it was just an accident or poor handling, the 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 poor handling, there, there's no way that this could be attributed to that, because at that level of poor handling, then uh, none of these guys should have graduated uh, elementary school. Uh, the the last part of this, or let me let me say first that that while you cannot you cannot usually see a missile on radar, it's, tra- it's very very small, has rounded surfaces, and it's traveling very fast. Uh, and you can't see it. However, what they did end up seeing, they looked at the radar, was at the point uh, of where the explosions were, it showed debris being scattered at the speed of Mach 4. Mach 4, four times the speed of sound. <clears throat> there is nothing that is on the commercial aircraft that could explode, that could cause particles to accelerate to Mach 4. Nothing. There is nothing on the commercial aircraft that could do that. No explosion that you could that you could rig up that would cause a high-order de- uh, high detonation with uh, that kind of speed. The only thing you could get with speed would be some type of a fuel cell uh, explosion, which is a low-order, low-speed detonation. Then, you get to the end of this, you get to the, where they're going to finally have their hearing on this, before Congress and before the the National Traffic, uh, 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 Safety Traffic, the Transportation Board. And for the first time in any of the investigators' memories, They'd never experienced this before. None of the investigators' findings, uh, none, none of the investiga- investigators were allowed to present findings or analyses of the event. All they were able to, to enter into the hearing was simply facts. There was some type of explosion. Here was a hole. Here was a hole. They were not allowed to submit what they thought happened, why it happened, anything. They, they said they had never experienced in all of their years. One of the guys had been doing it for 40 years. In all of the aircraft uh, events, he had never heard of that ever happening before. And yet, that's what happened this time. Not only that, <clears throat> no, there was not a single eyewitness testimony that was allowed at the NTSB hearings. Not a single one. 
over 800 witnesses, not a single witness was allowed to testify. Okay, so that's, that's about all I'm going to tell you on that. You can uh, watch the documentary yourself, all right? And and then we're going to have to figure out how to fix this mess because this is going on every day, and I am I'm very frustrated. I'm just like you folks. I'm very furious about this. I'm furious at the contempt with which our government uh, holds us in. They they could care less what we think. Uh, they could care less if we believe the uh, the 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 stories that they try and spray on us. They could care less. But somehow this has got to be fixed. It's got to be turned around. Uh, the name of the, the documentary is TWA Flight 800. Uh, one of the folks in the chat was asking that. TWA Flight 800. And I believe it's in rotation right now on uh, uh, on Epic's channel. And I'm sure that you'll be able to get it uh, pretty soon on uh uh, on disc, or, you know, or whatever disc there is, but uh, <clears throat> this isn't a, this isn't like a, uh, you know, like a conspiracy uh, thing that there's a lot of conjecture on. He doesn't try to, he doesn't try to tell you what he thinks did it. Uh, he just presents to you the evidence that was allowed and wasn't allowed to be collected, how it was collected, how it was destroyed or tampered with or covered up. He never tried to say who it was or what it was. Now, uh, you can do your own independent research, and you'll find that there uh, there is the possibility uh, that there were a lot of uh, uh, of naval vessels underneath uh, the the flight at that time. You'll have to do your own research about it. But I would like for you guys to contact your representatives and ask them uh, to reopen the case. All right. Uh, if nobody can hear me again, uh, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and close close this show down because this has been uh, been pretty much of a disaster with with it not being able to be heard, with it getting turned on and off and on and off. And uh, uh, it's it's ridiculous. All right. Uh, I want to thank the folks that uh, were listening. Uh, remember, you can go and watch the the documentary, Flight uh, TWA Flight 800. Watch it for yourself. Uh, make your own decisions, and then contact your representative and ask them to reopen the case so it can be heard again. Don't let uh don't let the government to continue to do the things that it is doing uh with no repercussions whatsoever. All right guys, uh 
I apologize once again for the uh for the technical quality of the show. Uh, I'm gonna talk to uh I'm gonna use the remaining uh two or three minutes of the show to contact the blog talk and find out what's going on. And uh, I'll let you know what I find out. Uh I wanna thank everybody for listening and uh we'll see you guys again uh, next Thursday, seven PM Central. All right. Uh take care. God bless, and uh, keep you all, and we'll see you this uh, next Thursday.
guys broadcasting live to billions of people. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.